Are you ready? It's that time! Welcome, ladies, gentlemen, and degenerates of the internet to this episode of Man Buns of Jesus. We're so happy to be here and to be talking with you, recording this in Holy Week. It definitely doesn't add to a very, very crowded plate for either of us. Uh, <laughs> Not at all. We are, hap- we are happy to be here. Uh, I'm one of your hosts, Pastor Josh Laborius, uh, pastor at Edgewater Lutheran Church in Eastvale, California, and the fuzzy face uh, with me on this Zoom call that you are probably just listening to is Benjamin Olschlager, the esteemed reverend of Good Shepherd Lutheran Church in Lake Orion, Michigan. How are you doing today, Ben? I'm alive. That's that's usually a good start during Holy Week. Uh, seriously considering considered texting you last night to ask if we could just take a week off, but uh, then I got sermons done because I found an ounce of inspiration. So. Um, we're rolling. We're rolling right now. We're rolling. Yeah. Uh, but this week, we are taking a bit of a break from uh, Corinthians again, because uh, at this point, it's mostly scheduling stuff. We have some uh, very interesting people that we want to have on to talk about different aspects of, of what we see coming up in First Corinthians. And they also have lives, uh, believe it or not. So yeah. Things are are uh, coming up that we want to uh, make sure that they are able to do, and uh, we also want to have them on to talk about these things in First Corinthians. So we are delaying until we can get them on to actually talk about the things that they're smarter than us to talk about. Um, so be patient. Yes, be patient. We will have we will be back to the First Corinthians series as quickly as we possibly can. But for now, we're starting something new that we uh, just came up with kind of on the fly because you can't tell us what to do. Uh, and we are calling these side quests. Um, because remember, this season is all about surveying scripture, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. Uh, so we are taking a side quest survey of scripture. And Josh and I basically rng'd our way uh into that's we're gonna have to explain what that random number generated our way into a topic for the normies (laughs) thanks josh um and so we it as close to just uh popping our, our bibles open to a random page and picking something uh landed on topic for this week and uh as we were plunking open our bibles we we stumbled into the book of daniel which is a fascinating book that we i think kind of uh minimized to two big events one the whole lion's den thing because that's kind of what Daniel's known for. I forgot that was in the book of Daniel. Actually. <laughs> and that's like, this might be one of my dumbest moments ever. But I think if you had asked me 30 minutes ago, 
where is Daniel in the lion's den? I would have been like, does that take place in like Nehemiah or something? Anyway, yeah, no, it's in the oh, book of Daniel. Um, which makes sense, you know, because it's Daniel in the lion's den. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Ben's like, I can't believe how stupid you are, Josh. No. I, I'm just so taken aback that you had that brain fart that I forgot where I was going with this. Oh, yeah. And then the other one that a lot of people uh, may or may not associate with the book of Daniel, at, at least the second most widely known story from the book of Daniel uh, is Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fiery, first, fiery furnace. Um, is and there's a VeggieTales episode. Oh, yes. It's a VeggieTales episode. It's the inspiration for the name of a coffee shop here in Michigan. Uh, it's called Shadrach, Meshach, and a Bean to Go. <laughs> it's also the inspiration for my favorite biblical joke. Uh, my three favorite biblical residences are my shack, your shack, and a bungalow. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to leave. You're going to have to do the rest of the podcast on your own. But a good chunk of the rest of Daniel is uh, Daniel processing visions that God gives him and helping King Nebuchadnezzar, King Nebi, Chad, King Chad. Um, it's in the middle of it somewhere, um, at least in the English spelling. Uh helping King Nebuchadnezzar as he's receiving dreams from God and helping uh, the king interpret them. And so today we're going to talk about interpreting visions because there's a lot of weird in the Christian world and there are a lot of people who experience visions. And there are a lot of people who dream. And we need to know that not every dream or not every vision is from God Almighty. Oh, I, yeah. A, so, a great example of this I want to give you because. Go for uh, it. So I woke up this morning from a dream. I had a dream that last you dreamed night. A dream? I dreamed a dream that I actually remember remembered. So that that's uh, that's a noteworthy event. Um, and the dream was I was playing in the World Cup final. Yeah, that's with, definitely a dream. With a and it gets it gets crazier. Because I was playing on the back line with Miles Robinson, who, for for background, he actually is on the U.S. men's national team. Um, and then a guy named uh, oh shoot, I forget his first name. His Parata. He's a he's a center back for Atlanta United. He is not an American citizen. And the rest of the team was made up of of our teammates from the seminary soccer team. 
who for anyone with any sense, especially if you you had seen us play, we would not have made it to the World Cup final. <laughs> we would not have beaten San Marino, the lowest no. rank uh, country in the world per the latest ref- latest FIFA rankings. So uh, this is the dream I had. Okay. And I can tell you with I, all of our listeners, I can tell you with 100% certainty, if that dream came from God, it was a joke to make, <laughs> us, to make us all laugh. <laughs> I don't think that's in any of our futures. No, kind of suspect not. I had yeah. a I had a reoccurring dream as a child where I was driving a Ferrari California through a really long tunnel chasing Spider-Man. Yeah, I, I don't think that's going to happen either. No, I kind of doubt it. Anyway um enough of our weird dreams um so how do we go go through the process of like examining a dream or examining a vision and trying to understand you know what of it if any if any is from god and what is he trying to tell us through it um First, an anecdotal story, because anecdotal stories are funny. Um, I don't know if you've ever, uh, like, been a part of a group that's done a prayer scavenger hunt. No, no, I have not. I've never even heard of whatever that is. So, um, part of the, like chapel leadership team at my Lutheran high school in Minnesota would occasionally uh, go for um, prayer scavenger hunts where they would spend some time in prayer and just write down whatever they saw or they thought about as they were praying. And then they'd try and find those things in the world as they were like walking around the area around our high school and pray for those people that they saw in association with the things that they had seen. Um, And there was one guy who saw a banana in his vision. And as they're walking around a mall in the Twin Cities, uh, saw a guy in a banana suit handing out posters. So sometimes God's like, visions for you are perhaps a little weird because i think remembering the full story as poorly as i do uh i do think they asked the guy if they could pray for him and i think he he did want prayer uh, and had some stuff going on in his life and was relieved to get it um but Not every time that you ask God for advice, is he going to give you an answer that's even that straightforward? Um, Or is he going to give you a vision like that, right? So, Josh, what's, if, if you are seeing things, what's the first clue to you that it might be a vision from God? I believe, I believe this to be true. Um, 
I believe that the the first clue would be that it is it is directing you or is guiding you or it is pushing you or, or whatever it is doing is consistent with what scripture has revealed to us about God and about how he acts, right? So um, God very is very consistent in, in his the expectations of the ethics of his people. So if you have a vision that is encouraging you to do something that does not align with those ethics that, that we have that we have in scripture, that is not a vision from God because God is consistent. Uh, and what we know most certainly is that his will and his character and his desire for his people is found in his word. And I think even, even with Daniel, um, I think the most Daniel, the book that we kind of started with, while the stories of Daniel in the lion's den and of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are maybe the most popular, I think the most powerful, the most uh, useful part of Daniel are all of those visions, because what that does is Daniel's interpretations of Nebuchadnezzar's visions give us incredible insight into the book of Revelation. And I mean, you want to talk about people with weird interpretations of stuff. If you go online and you look for different people's takes on the book of Revelation, you're going to get some really, really weird stuff. Mm -hmm. And frankly, some very wrong stuff. Mm -hmm. And part of it is because people read it in Revelation or read it in isolation. They don't let scripture interpret scripture. They don't look at, well, God has used this symbolism before in Daniel. What was he using it for then? They read Revelation by itself, and then maybe they read their own goals into it. And that's what you, there are a lot of people out there who will read Revelation, and then they'll use it to point to a particular societal or cultural or political agenda they have. And they say, oh, this is this part of Revelation. And it's like, probably not if you read it in context of, how God used symbols in Nebuchadnezzar's dream. And I think dreams and visions we may experience are the same way. You have to hear them and read and see them and, and let's say reflect on them in context of what God has told us. Because if you have a vision or a dream, it could be sent from God. I don't want to deny that. I myself err on the side of skepticism with a lot of this stuff, where if someone were to say, you know, I had a dream, I'm like, there, there, I feel like there's a greater chance that you slept funny or that you ate something that didn't agree with you and your, your brain was firing synapses in weird way. Like, um, <laughs> it's also worth I, us noting that like, <clears throat> When God sends dreams in scripture, they fulfill a very specific purpose. So like in Daniel, where we're, where we're looking, um, the first of Nebuchadnezzar's dreams shows up in Daniel 2. 
and the the king king chad uh sees this statue that's made up of a handful of precious metals and clay and the whole thing is like pretty stinking sweet um but then gets crushed by this giant piece of stone that no human hand has ever seemed to touch and the king is terrified by this dream because he has no clue what it means uh and daniel comes to him and goes see what this means is even though you're a pretty pretty uh, great king pretty powerful king um yours isn't even the last in line of a series of kingdoms in this world that will control and control and rule most of the world uh and ultimately all of them will become like dust huh so what's God's purpose there? Well, he wants to humble Nebuchadnezzar so that he actually serves God's people in a way that protects them and sustains them so that God can do the things he needs to do through them. Um, other dreams we see in scripture, uh, the angel appearing to Joseph in a dream, convincing him not to divorce Mary, right? Um, the angel appearing to Joseph in a dream, telling him to escape to Egypt. Yes. Yeah. And saving the infant Christ's life in the, in the process, right. Or toddler Christ's life more, more likely slash accurately. Um, we see, uh, I had another one. Uh, the, the dreams that God gives to Pharaoh, um, in the book of Exodus about the, the lean years and the fat years and, basically setting up a That's situation a where Exodus. you're right sorry um brain i had a brain fart too hey it's better uh, than mine man that's fair <laughs> at least the guy's name is the title of the book uh, <laughs> but it's setting up a whole situation where joseph gets to become the hero for Pharaoh because of the interpretation of this dream. And again, establishing a safe place for God's people to grow and to prosper, at least for a while until God's ready to do something else with them. Right. Um, and so again, pointing back to what Josh is saying, God is using these dreams of these visions to further his people, further his kingdom, further what he wants to do not to promote or aggrandize the individual that's receiving the dream. Right. And in my, in my limited experience, I have met more, I have met more people who say, you know, God has given me this vision or God has put this on my heart to do something that is very clearly just what they want to do, but they want to, they want to cash it uh c-a-c-h-e not c-a-s-h they want to cash it in kind of like spiritual language mm -hmm. which i mean there's nothing wrong with saying i think we should do this mm -hmm. or i think this is the right thing to do you don't have to and i would say maybe you shouldn't say god has put this on my heart if, if it's really more coming from you and 
I, I kind of, I think that's another good metric. So you have this metric of, is it consistent with who God has shown himself to be and who mm -hmm. God has called his people to be? So that's kind of metric number one. And this metric number two that you're talking about is, is, is it consistent with God working for his people? Mm -hmm. um, and over and above just making, lifting up the individual, which is something Paul talks about in the New Testament as well. When it comes to speaking in tongues and visions and, and the like. interpretations and stuff yeah um and one of the things to kind of note like it's not that god won't give you a clear answer to, to things that you're asking through a vision or through a dream um but if the answer is something that's going to make you fabulous fabulously wealthy uh or convenient yeah Chances are that's probably not probably not the answer. Like the the circumstances in life that I've experienced where I do think God genuinely gave someone a vision or a dream to help them process the life that they are living. Um, when that happens, it almost always includes at least some self-sacrifice right in the instance of this guy that i mentioned from from high school that i knew um that included him going and having a painful conversation with a guy who was having a rough day while wearing a banana suit right i imagine when you're wearing a banana suit uh you probably have a lot of rough days that's fair um there i mean there was some self-sacrifice there uh and he didn't go around like kind of bragging about the fact that he had this vision that seemed to come true it was just like okay god wanted me to talk to this guy today and brighten his day a little bit and i, I was able to do that that's awesome and like the only reason i heard the story was because somebody else told me right mm -hmm. um which is a good way to handle a dream and we can talk about that later but then um yeah other examples i've i've come across include moving to places that you may have no connection with um, in order to do something that uh, furthers the kingdom. Um, I've heard a couple instances where people have uh, taken calls uh, as pastors or other church workers because of dreams that they've had um, to places that they didn't think that they were going to be a good fit. And then they ended up going there because of the dream or the vision pushing them to be servant-hearted about it and it worked out and god did some cool things in those places yeah but it so, it, it asked sacrifice of those of those people yeah and i think this is one of this is one of the reasons and i don't know where you are ben but mm -hmm. I mentioned this earlier. This is why I kind of err on the side of skepticism mm -hmm. because more like my, I have not experienced many places where someone says, you know, I had this vision or this dream or what, whatever the, the message is like, whatever medium the message takes. Mm -hmm. um, and then like they follow through and there's self-sacrifice and it's for the good of God's people. It's for the good of the church. I haven't experienced that personally. I haven't really seen that play out in my life. Uh, 
and I guess more in the lives of people around me. But I have seen several instances where people kind of manipulatively, they say, oh, I have this vision or I have this, this is on my heart. But it's, they're trying to push whatever their agenda is through at a church. Because it, like, it's really hard to say, you go in a church meeting, you say, you know, God has put this on my heart or I had this vision of God telling us to do this. Like, it's really hard to say, like, because essentially you have to call them a liar. You have to yeah. say, I'm calling bull on that because God, like, I, I don't believe God is calling you to do that. I don't think God is calling yeah. us to do that. Um, but I've experienced those situations because uh, there are some people who use that like a club. Yeah. Which is, which is probably why I ended up in this place of skepticism where I'm like, my first reaction when you tell me, oh, I had this vision or dream or whatever is going to be, well, let's think about it. <laughs> let's pump the brakes. Is it consistent with scripture? Is it going to be for the betterment of God's people? Mm -hmm. um, or is it just to aggrandize the individual? Um, and we mentioned that earlier. I mean, and part of all of this is also Paul's instructions to young churches in the New Testament. When it, and he, I think, most directly talks about speaking in tongues and maybe a, a vocal message mm -hmm. that is given from God, from the Holy Spirit. And he highlights the importance of someone being there to interpret. Yeah. And he, he kind of houses it in this, is this going to be for the good of the larger congregation, the larger community? And I think with, with visions and with... Uh, and with signs and that kind of stuff, we can apply similar logic. Like, is sharing it, is putting it out there, is it going to be for the betterment of the community? Or is everyone going to be like, what is this person doing? Uh, that person, like, I mean, to the extreme, is that person, like, are we watching a mental breakdown right now? Is that, mm -hmm. uh, which sounds really cynical, and I'm aware it sounds very cynical, but you got you got to keep it in mind that God doesn't work in ways that are are going to tear people away from the faith. Mm. He never has. Yeah. Well, and I think so. You're you're referencing uh, within Paul's writing. You're actually referencing a couple of things that he's talking about, and I think he gives similar advice for both of them. Um, one being speaking in tongues, but the other being the prophetic, which when, when visions happen in scripture, oftentimes they are prophetic. The, the visions that King Chad receives in the book of Daniel, uh, they are prophetic. They're prophetic to what will ultimately happen to the kingdoms of the world at the end of time um, and what will ultimately become of the reign of King Nebuchadnezzar, uh, AKA King Chad. Uh, just wanted to clarify that I'm calling in King Chad so I don't have to say Nebuchadnezzar every time. Um, His words are hard. Yeah. And 
it's Holy Week. I'm already tired, and it's not even. We haven't even gotten through Monday Thursday services yet. Not... I've got uh, six more services this weekend, plus an Easter egg hunt. So, yeah. What's up? Uh, <laughs> anyway. Wow. Yeah. Uh, all of that well, is to. All of that is to say. Um, as Paul is directing the church as to how to, to respond to these things, he asks for multiple interpretations. And I think one of the things that um, in the situations you're talking about that drive your skepticism, right? It's these people coming to you and going, God has placed it on my heart to do this. There's one interpretation there. Almost every time there's one interpretation there. Paul says you should go for at least two or three to test it. Yeah. Because each of us has our own sinful and selfish proclivities, right? And if we're receiving these things from God, even if we are genuinely receiving something from God, we should run it by others as unflavored and unbiased in our telling of things as possible to see what they have to say about it. And honestly, in my opinion, at least the way that I read what Paul says about it uh, throughout his epistles, none of those opinions should be our own. We should let other people interpret those things, those things for us. Um, and sometimes they might be pretty clear where you you go tell a couple people what you saw and they go, yeah, it sounds like what you saw is what you need to do. Like it's a clear picture. Uh, but if it's more complicated than that, like don't, don't rely on your own, your own interpretation, rely on those of others and how they are being impacted by what God is showing you. Um, again, because the easiest thing within sin is to turn what God has given us for our own profit. Yes. And I think, I mean, again, this circles back to that first principle of the metric by which we measure like those multiple interpretations, the metric by which we measure all of this is what God has told us in his word. And this is something, again, that comes up with the early church. It's if anyone comes after this gospel, if, if anyone comes with a different message than what was, than what is proclaimed in the gospel, then we are to reject that. So kind of in the, like, and, and I think we mentioned this earlier, but if your vision or wherever this is directing you is contradictory to God's word, is, is a different message than the gospel we proclaim, then it is to be rejected. And I think even extreme, then you could say, well, maybe that vision did come from a... Uh, Someone else. Yeah, yeah. Maybe you did see a vision from 
a supernatural entity that wasn't God. Yeah. If we can, if you can read between the lines there. Um, I mean, the, the devil and his forces. There we go. Let's just, ben. let's just be plain about this. Yeah. Um, Cause uh, okay. One, I know it's not a theological text, but screw tape letters, I think is a fascinating look at like one man's guess as to how Satan might operate. And I kind of have a suspicion that some of that is driven by C.S. Lewis's own uh, like personal experiences wrestling with things of faith. Um, but I think there's probably a lot of honesty in that. And that's kind of something that he runs into or the, the character in uh, Screw Tape Letters runs into is like questioning and struggling and, and fighting. And like one of the things that um, Wormwood is constantly being uh, encouraged to do, that's the guy that Uncle Screwtape, the, the like master demon is writing to. One of the things he's constantly being encouraged to do is uh, as the main character gets more and more involved in his church, the uh, Wormwood is being encouraged to make it more and more about the main character and less about God. And so as you, you wrestle with uh, visions you might be receiving and you're wondering, is this really from God or is this coming from somewhere else? Um, if you are a main character in your own vision or dream, um, mountain okay. skepticism, <laughs> yes, a pr like proceed with like heavy doses of skepticism and bring, um, bring like wiser people into that. Like, this is one of the reasons the church exists is yeah. to keep each other where we need to be. And like, I mean, it's, I, I'm gonna say it, we're, we're coming up on Easter. Mm -hmm. And there are a lot of people who they go to church twice a year, Christmas Eve and Easter. You need to be in church more often than that. And like, I'm going to, maybe I'll be a little audacious here. You need to be in church every single Sunday. It's a, it's a couple hours a week. Like, come on, you watch more Netflix in a day. You can, you can afford a couple hours a week to go to church every Sunday. Um, Steal a and joke one of the from one of our favorite professors. Your brunch can wait. Right. <laughs> there's and that's one of the reasons we gather together so frequently in communities so when we're dealing with things we don't understand especially things like visions and and the like we have that community to keep us grounded mm -hmm. there there and i'm not going to share any specifics because it's an active situation but i, I do have a friend who is his in-laws are very much they they cut themselves off from the church and their theology is defined by themselves and he has gotten to some really really weird and really bad places the theologically because he has all all of these interpretations come and the only one who is informing those is himself so we have to balance these with the church and part of that like if you're struggling with this or if you're struggling for what is God's message for your life, like talk to your pastor, talk to the elders of your church. Heck, look at the book of Concord. 
like we we believe teach and confess that that is an accurate exposition of scripture so if you're looking like is this consistent with scripture and and you're not quite clear on whether or not it lines up with some stuff in scripture the book of concord is another excellent resource for that and if you need to borrow one ask me i i'd be happy to lend you a copy I'm pretty sure I've got an extra one on my shelf too. So. I, I do not have an extra one. You would be borrowing the the one that my grandfather gave me when I graduated undergrad. So I would demand it back. Um, but I have a digital copy, so I don't need it. I, I don't need the book at any given point. It's mostly a sentimental thing anyway. Um, but something I want to address here is the flip side of this at, for those of us who have never experienced a vision or anything like that, or, or a dream. That doesn't mean you're less of a Christian. Mm -hmm. uh, if you're sitting there thinking, you know, do I, is my faith not strong enough? Or, or you're like experiencing self-doubt in some measure because you haven't had a vision or something. Keep in mind what Ben said earlier, that visions are to push people in the right direction. So if you're headed in the right direction there's not really much need for like you the reason you haven't had a vision might be that you haven't needed one don't take the 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 absence though to mean that you're doing the right thing right don't get cocky don't 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 flip that that thought on its head but the the sentiment stands if you haven't received one don't take it as a bad sign right be, yes. and, and it might not even you might not be in the like headed in the right direction perfectly yeah i mean you're you're not none of us are yeah and you're definitely Center. not in the perfect Center. spot but but you might not need such extreme correction that something as dramatic as a vision is necessary yeah because god can just as easily work through the people around you yeah who, who are willing to call you out who are willing to help you walk closer to where you need to be yeah um, so I, I want to make that really clear too. If if you have never experienced a vision or a dream or um, anything like that, that doesn't make your that doesn't mean your faith isn't enough. Somehow mm -hmm. your your faith is if you believe that Jesus Christ was risen from the dead, that is enough. Mm -hmm. That's it. That's all it takes. Your faith is enough. Uh, it, it doesn't mean you're somehow lesser if you have an experience. And like be, I. To my knowledge, I've never experienced a vision or dreamt a dream. Mm -hmm. I'm an ordained pastor in the LCMS. <laughs> I mean, uh, I my my faith is is in Christ crucified. I, I call Jesus Lord. I don't always live it out perfectly, but you know, again, no one does. So like. I, I would say if you haven't had a dream or a vision, you're in good company, but I don't know if I'd call myself good company. So we'll say you're in Christian company. How about that? And I think to maybe summarize like that whole rant. Uh, What's the rant? I didn't feel that ranty. It got mildly maybe ranty. Maybe a little bit ranty. Got mildly ranty. Uh, to summarize that whole rant. Visions and dreams are a tool in God's toolbox. Um, as somebody who has trouble sometimes getting things through his thick skull, 
Um, and as somebody who never met Ben, he, I mean, it's gotta be thick because his head is gigantic. It is true. I don't fit most hats. One size fits all. It's not apply to me. Um, (laughs) anyway, uh, my story of becoming a pastor includes me, uh, saying some bedtime prayers and hearing a voice in the back of my head say, you need to think about ministry. And it's hard for me to know whether that was God or whether that was the ringing voice of my grandmother who had been saying that for years at that point. And maybe I just needed to like hear it from God himself for a moment to actually let it sink in. Um, But it was a shock. Uh, It was not necessarily something I'd been like super seriously considering or thinking about up until that point. Um, but for here anyone I who am. doesn't remember, he like he, he's my bachelor's as, degree as is in civil engineering. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was setting up for that. I had just gotten pretty good scores on the ACT because you know Midwest we take the the other test. Um, the other test. The other test. Uh, and like none of that really indicated. Hey, maybe pastoral life is a good one for for this kid um but people around me saw different and that's what ultimately convinced me it was not like a one-off that this voice in my head said hey you need to do ministry it was i asked some people about the voice and they went you know what this kind of makes sense maybe you should pursue this um and now the people at good shepherd are stuck with him yeah (laughs) exactly but like again i think that was because i needed an extra push to get something through my thick skull um and god needed to make it a little more plain for me but again it was a tool in his toolbox other people hear the voices of their pastors friends uh parents siblings coworkers, whoever when they consider ministry and those those people's voices when they say hey you'd make a good pastor are enough um and it, it goes the same thing or the same way in all sorts of other places like if you are a parent listening to this podcast and um you fretted about whether or not having kids was going to be a good idea for you. But then that little old lady at your church came up to you and said, you know what? I think you're going to make a great mom someday. And you went, you know what? That little old lady might be right. That was God working through that little old lady to make your day. Right. And, and to give you some, some direction in life because if, if parenting isn't sacrificial, I don't know what is. Uh, but like God does this in all sorts of ways at all sorts of times through all sorts of means. And we need to be prepared to discover which ones are truly from him and which ones are just a bunch of bunk. And so hopefully today has been a little bit of a dive into 
where you can start to think about where things are coming from. Josh, you got any final thoughts before we move into takeaways? No, I think let's let's do takeaways and let that be my final thoughts. Okay. Um, I think my my takeaway. I'm I'm gonna cheat and I'm gonna do a, a twofold one. Okay. The first is if you're experiencing visions, dreams, God speaking to you. Make sure to ground it in the scripture and then in the community in the community of the church. Mm-hmm. And to people who don't experience it, don't feel some sort of guilt because of that. It doesn't make you any less Christian. It doesn't, it certainly doesn't impact your salvation. Mm-hmm. So kind of a takeaway for each each experience, I suppose. And I'm I'm gonna use as my takeaway, like let's summarize our list a little bit here of of things you should do to test, right? Excellent one, idea. One, don't use your own interpretation of whatever you received, unless it's something like mine that's pretty straightforward. Uh that's do it. Yeah, like consider ministry. Okay. Then go talk to people about what that might actually mean and whether they think you're actually capable of that. Um, but if it's, if it's something that's a little less clear, don't consider your own interpretation, uh, go to scripture, go to the history of the church and, and see, is this consistent with what God is telling his people? Is this consistent with how God is acting with his people? Uh, is this something that God is using to drive his people forward? Um, all of those are good markers of something that's probably coming from God and not from the devil or his forces. Um, and then lastly, um, is this something that's asking you to sacrifice? Because chances are, if it is, and if it's a, especially if it's a painful sacrifice, uh, there's a little bit better chance that it's from God. I'm not going to say it's a foolproof test, but um, yeah. Oh, and then one other one that I thought of. uh, Are you looking for an answer? Are you asking God questions in your prayers? And are you actually seeking an answer? If so, there's maybe a little better chance that God's actually trying to tell you something in a dream or a vision, if you're actually looking for an answer from him at that exact moment. So, um, yeah, all of so those if, things are, are, are good, good tools in your toolbox. Um, but yeah, use, use the resources around you. Don't lean on yourself. Yeah, speaking of resources around you, this, this podcast, at least we pray is one of those. Mm-hmm. And if you if you know someone who is kind of struggling with this stuff, if maybe they've experienced a vision and they're not really sure how to deal with it, or kind of maybe on the passive aggressive side, if you know someone who's always claiming to have visions <laughs> and you're maybe a little skeptical, send it to them. And because I've offered two different reasons to send it to them, they won't know if you're uplifting their visions or calling uh, calling 
saying calling, full of it. <laughs> calling bunk. Um, also, if, if you thought this episode was entertaining and you think someone would get a kick out of it and maybe learn something, go ahead and send it to them too. Um, we are on all the, the major podcasting platforms, so please subscribe on whatever you listen to that I mean, I say every week that it like validates what we do a little bit and it's kind of a joke, but it's also kind of not because if, if, if a single person a week listens to this, there is a question of like, is this worth the time that we put into it? Um, so having those subscriptions kind of gives us a little bit of assurance. Like this is, this is valuable to people. This is something that people are finding helpful. Um, so please do subscribe that, that kind of helps us gauge, uh, gauge the value of this for, for you guys. Um, and we do have a Facebook page. We care so much less if you like the Facebook page. Sometimes I even forget to post on there that there's a new episode out. Uh, but I do get notifications if you message the page. So if you don't know us personally and you have a question or a concern or you have a topic you want us to tackle or anything like that, you can message the Facebook page and we'll see it and, and we'll add it to our list and we'll, we'll talk about it. Um, and if you know us personally, just, just text us. Like, come on now, just text us. It's easier for everybody. Um, or email so us. We, and then we also have written record of what you've, uh, what you want to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. Um, for sacred precision. Um, so yeah, uh, check us out. Spotify, Pandora, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Tune in FM, iHeartRadio, all that kind of stuff, or at manbunsandjesus.podbean.com. All of these are places to find us and hopefully to subscribe. With that, I think we're done for the day. Yeah. That's all the shameless plugs I have. Go to church this <laughs> go to church this weekend. I, I know Easter was was two days ago. If you're well, Easter was recently, depending on when you're listening to this. Uh it's good to go to church also the Sunday after Easter. So it's still part of Easter. Yeah. Uh, if you need a church in Eastvale, check out Edgewater. Uh, and if you need a church in Lake Orion, check out Good Shepherd. And we'll, we look forward to ministering to you if, if that's where you end up. So with that, brothers and sisters, go in peace. Serve the Lord. Thanks be to God. <laughs>